What do you like about corn? Yo, Bridge Youth, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, you good? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. We're so stoked that you guys decided to come and join us tonight, especially Marco. He wanted to come out and just let you guys know how much he loves and appreciates. Oh, it needs the phone to take notes, right? Amen. Hey, uh, if you came and you joined us tonight, maybe it's your first time here with us at our church, or maybe it's your first time ever at church, we just want to say welcome. Thanks so much for coming and joining us, coming and hanging out. Whether you're online watching or you're right here in the room, we just want to say welcome. We think it's so cool that, that um, in your busy schedule, all you got going on in life, you chose to spend some of your time with us. We absolutely love that. One of our favorite things in the world is meeting new people. And so I met a couple new people already tonight. And uh, yeah, we're just so stoked that you came to join us. We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, we love you. We back you. <laughs> we're so stoked that you came and joined us tonight. Hey, who was here last week? Last week heard Jackson and Kai Dunn speak. Last week, Jackson was, was preaching Sunday, he was on the soundboard. Tonight, he's on guitar. What does this man not do? Come on now. Um, but they, they shared such a great word in this series that, that we're in all the way through this month called Chapters. Somebody say Chapters. This is a series, that the, the chapters that make up the stories of our lives. It's all about the stories that make up our lives lives. And one of our biggest hopes in series like this is that you, look at your neighbor and say you, look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, and say you. Soldier boy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in, I'm in my sandals. I'm chilling. I'm so comfortable right now. The wet, who's enjoying this weather? Yep. It doesn't feel like we're in the pits of hell, you know, which is great. But it's not freezing cold yet, which is also great. Um, so I'm chilling. God knows what I'll say in the next three minutes before I get off stage and hand off the mic. But no, we're, we're in this series. And one of the biggest things is that we really hope that you, yes, you, point at yourself and say, that means you. Get your phone out, open your front face camera, talk to, I'm just kidding, <laughs> talk to yourself, let yourself know. Tonight before you go to bed, look in the mirror and say you, but honestly, the reason that I'm stressing this point is it seems like every single time we do a series like this about testimonies and stories and how God's used our lives, is there's so many people who walk away from it and, and they go, this is awesome and it's so great and it's so amazing for everybody else, but not me. But can I tell you that you have a story and your story matters. Somebody say amen. Come on, say you have a story and your story matters. So then what should we do? Well, I think that we should share our stories. And that's what this series is all about. Often when we do a testimony series like this, we do a, you know, how'd you get saved or, or the story of your life. But in this series, we really wanted to zero in on some chapters in our stories. And so 
Um, two people are going to come and they're going to share their stories. They're going to share uh, some of the chapters in their story and not really their whole life story, but what God did in and through their life in a certain season. And so um, can I just encourage you to do this? Um, bust out your, your phone, open the notes app. Uh, if you have a journal or a diary or a notebook or whatever it is, like special points, like kudos and special points to those of you who have a journal. Um, when you get to heaven, you're going to get a fast pass to get into heaven. If the rapture happens in our lifetime, you will be the first to go right alongside me because I write in a journal. It's not in scripture, but hey, it's what I, it's what I believe as a pastor and a preacher. Um, the first guy that's going to come and share uh, is somebody I, I, like I've known just about as long as I've been here at the church. He and his family arrived here at the church literally months after um, my wife and I came on staff here at the bridge. And, and I love this guy to death. He's one of... Um, He's one of my favorite people, honestly, on the whole planet. Um, he's stylish. He's fun. He's funny. He loves people. Um, he's a great dude. He interned with us last year. He did school and ministry. If you're still thinking about doing school and ministry, it's not too late. You can still sign up. I know the application deadline has already passed. Don't worry. I know a guy. He'll help you get in. Just come talk with me. He did school and ministry with us last year. And so for 10 months, he was here at the church almost every day. And you know the people, you know how there are certain people that the, the longer you know them and the more time you spend around them, the less you like them? <laughs> Anybody know somebody like that? <laughs> if you don't know somebody like that, you're somebody like that. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> this is somebody that the more time I've spent around him, the more I love this guy. The more time I spend around this guy, the more that I see he's a man of character and integrity. And I'm so excited for him to come and share some chapters of his story. So do me a favor. Don't, for the next few minutes as he shares, um, everybody just kind of lean in. Focus in. Don't distract the people around you. Open up your phone. You can pretend like you're taking notes if you want. But, you know, if you're not engaged, fine. Just don't, just don't take away from what's going on around you. Because what, what this guy's about to say, I promise you this. It will absolutely encourage you. It will inspire you. But it's going to challenge you as well. So prepare to be inspired, encouraged, and in, inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Come on, somebody. Preach the truth and shame the devil. Would you stand to your feet? Put your hands together for Isaiah Vega. What's up, Bridget? Man. Y'all are great. Y'all know that. Y'all are pretty fantastic. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell from Corey's intro, my name's Isaiah. Uh, yeah, I've been here for a little good while now, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm Isaiah, 21 years old. Uh, graduate from Temecula Valley High School. Anyone here go to Temecula Valley? Yeah, we got like four people and three of them are capping. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, where I was from and all that. Uh, glad to see we have some people from there as well. A uh, little more about me. I'm really into fashion, like Corey said, so much so that with my boy Kenneth up here, who also preached recently, uh, we decided to start a brand together so we could be stuck with fashion for the rest of our lives, and I love that. <laughs> and it's super fun. Um, also, I really like sports. I played sports really, like as long as I can remember. I literally can't remember a time I didn't play sports. Did uh, soccer, baseball, uh, lacrosse, track, da, 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 da. it goes on, all right? And then um, 
Also, with that as well, I'm kind of like nerdy too. I like anime. I like, yeah. <laughs> Attack on Titans gonna be top three for the rest of my life. I could guarantee that. Who, who was that? Who boot? <laughs> um, and then also, I like video games, Minecraft and Valorant. Minecraft, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We got a little more hype there. And then food, I like sushi a lot. Korean barbecue, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty common one, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like the basics about me, so you guys could probably relate with at least one of those things. So I like a lot of different variety of things. So that's, yeah, that's like the basics about me. That's like the surface level stuff. But that's not what this series is about. This series is about getting deep into the chapters of our life, and that's where I want to take you guys in this message, all right? So that's going to lead us into our first chapter of my life which is chapter one called stagnant. So if you're taking notes, write that down, chapter one, stagnant. This is meaning that you're frozen, idle, or stuck in one place, all right? So I think stagnant is a word that a lot of us can relate to, whether it's in our school life or sports, hobbies, or maybe even our faith as well. So I'm gonna give you guys that deeper rundown of my life now. So basically, um, I grew up in a Christian family. My parents were Christian. We went to church on Sundays and all that. And uh, this was, like, my whole life, really. And I wasn't really, like, the rebellious kid either. I was always scared of what would happen if I did break the rules, so I never really would because I was like, oh, shoot, I'm going to – okay, no, my parents wouldn't beat me. But, like, <laughs> but I was scared of what would happen, all right? Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be, like, a rule follower and stuff. So then um, I'm like this, like, my whole life. I grew up a Christian, except the only thing is, is I wouldn't really act too much on that. Yeah, I would go to church, but I wouldn't really take the extra step to really deepen that relationship when I was growing up, all right? So I'm going to church, um, especially like in high school, I'm going to church Sundays and Wednesdays, um, basically every single Sunday and Wednesday, but I wouldn't really read my Bible that much. I pray here and there, but not as much as I probably should have been. And um, even when I would go to church, let's say like I had like a really good message um, and like I heard it and like Jesus was like, or like God was speaking to me, right? I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to impact my life forever. But then what I would do is I would take that moment, I would go home. And I would just completely forget about it. I would just, like, be like, okay, well, now I'm going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go play video games. And I would just, like, push that moment aside that I have with God. And I would just push it away to do all these other things that I would just want to do for fun in a temporary moment, all right? So at first this was fine in my life. But I realized eventually this isn't going to last. Like, I'm okay where I'm at now. Like, right now my life's not great, but it's not bad either. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm chilling where I'm at, right? So... I just keep doing that for a while, but eventually it didn't feel like enough. I was like, okay, I want to have a better life. I want to feel more fulfilled because I felt like I had this void in my life that I was uh, missing. So then what I do is I go and try to think of ways that I could fulfill this on my own. I'm like, how can I find a way to make, to make me finally feel fulfilled? And this is kind of like what Kai talked about last week is where he felt like he was going in circles uh, again and again and again. And that's where I was at. So the first way I try to find fulfillment was through friends. So when I first moved to Temecula, um, that was really like a, like a few months just before high school started. When I moved here, I literally knew like nobody. So I went to school not knowing a single person. So I'm like, oh, I know I'm not feeling like fulfilled. It's like I don't have any friends yet. So I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go find friends. So then all through high school, I'm going through school and stuff. I'm like, all right, I'm going to meet this guy and this person and stuff. I start making a bunch of friends all the way up till senior year. I'm literally friends with like a whole bunch of different types of people, like the jocks, the nerds, the popular kids, the fashionistas, the artsy people. Like I had friends of like all kinds, and I love them so much. Like I appreciate them still. They're great friends in high school and all that. Except the only thing is that I didn't really feel that fulfillment still that I thought I was going to find. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to find fulfillment in these friends, but I never ended up doing that actually, or, or I never found that fulfillment. So I'm like, all right, well, okay, if it wasn't friends, oh, I know. 
I need a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, actually, no. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I went and got a girlfriend. Um, Larry, I want you guys to shout this out. How long do you guys think that relationship lasted? This was my senior year. Two months? Uh, two weeks? Two weeks? Okay. I think two weeks was like the average answer. Very close. It was four weeks. So it really wasn't not that long. So <laughs> as you can tell, a four-week-long relationship, um, that wasn't the way to, for me to find fulfillment. So it wasn't through friends. It wasn't through a girlfriend. And I saw this relationship with God, but I wasn't really acting on it. So I'm just like so lost. I'm like, I have my relationship with God. And I try these things like, why am I not finding fulfillment yet? But that's when I realized that it's because of my faith. I'm not uh, diving deep enough into my faith yet. And that's the thing is that sometimes the enemy doesn't try to just completely drag you away from your faith completely. He'll just try to get you to a point where it's at a mediocre and stagnant place in your, um, in your relationship with God. And that will lead you to end up being distant from God. You have that relationship still, but how much are you really acting on that? Are you really doing everything that you need to do to have that close, tight relationship with God that's going to keep you fulfilled for life? Probably not. <laughs> so that's when I realized um, yeah, this, uh, this lifestyle ain't going to work. I need to up my lifestyle a bit, right? So um, the, real, or the moment I realized all this too, though, was after all this stuff happened, after I got these friends and this girlfriend. And I realized the reason why I'm not finding fulfillment as well is because I'm putting my um, fulfillment, the fulfillment I'm trying to find is by getting approval from other people. But let me tell you something, all right? Approval from other people around you isn't going to bring you true fulfillment, all right? If you live for the approval of others, you aren't even in control of your own life. You're being controlled by the people around you. And some of you guys didn't catch that. So I'm going to say that one more time, and I'm going to explain why after that. If you live for the approval of others, you aren't in control of your own life. You're being controlled by the people around you. If you're living for the approval of others, you're not doing your own thing. You're doing what other people want you to do. Yeah, you want to be this Christian who wants to like, oh, yeah, I want to go follow God's path and all that. But then you're like, oh, but these people want me to go drink and party and smoke. Well, hmm, I could do the right thing that I know I want to do, but I'm living for the approval of others. So I'm going to go this way and go the bad route. That's not how you're going to last as a Christian. If you want to last as a Christian, you can't be living for the approval of others. You want God's approval. No one else's. No one else's matters. God literally created those people. If he created those people, don't you want his, uh, his approval instead? I think, it, I think it just makes sense. So... <laughs> So this is when I finally started to notice that I was li really living for the approval of others. And not just that, I was living for the temporary things of this world, all right? So I want you guys to look at this verse real quick, though. Psalms chapter 34, verses 8 through 10. says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. This thing, if you find refuge in God, if you fear God, if you love God, you're going to have true joy, pure joy. And not just that, you're going to have all you need. You're never going to like anything. That means you don't need to have that approval anymore. You don't need to find fulfillment in drinking or smoking or any of that. God's going to provide all that fulfillment for you to the point where you don't even need to worry about that stuff. And that's what we want to get to eventually is to get to that point where we're not feeling lost. We want to feel completely fulfilled and find our purpose in God. And that's what he could do for us. This isn't just something that we want. It's something that he could actually do. So a bare minimum relationship with God will only so satisfy you guys for so long. Because if you're having a bare minimum relationship with God, you're only in knee-deep water, all right? 
And there's a whole ocean that you can still explore, which is your relationship with God, that you can go deeper into this relationship with God, but yet you still want to st uh, stay knee deep. That's not going to get you anywhere. You have to go explore and get in that deeper relationship with God, all right? So that's when I realized, okay, I need to change my life. I need to uh, get my faith going and all that, right? So that's going to lead us into chapter two of my story, which I call soaring. Soaring as in thriving or growing and on the top of the world. So, like I said, uh, this is where I found genuine joy and peace. And the thing is, some of you guys might not feel like you have that right now as well. So I want to be able to give you guys the steps to be able to find that genuine joy and peace. Um, so I'm going to use an analogy real quick. Raise your hand if you go to the gym. Right now is your time to flex. You get to show that you get to go to the gym. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> so those are all my gym rats right there, all right? So, <laughs> and, all right, Corey, you don't need to flex. We know you're not yoked yet. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and all you guys, all you gym rats know that you can't talk about the gym without showing a video of you with a massive pump after the gym, looking yoked, right? So I was going to ask you guys if you guys want to see a video of that, but I'm just going to show you guys. You guys don't have an option. So, uh, tech team, can we lower the lights real quick? You guys might want to record this. This is great. This is a really good video. Go ahead and play that for me. Can you see the dark? Can you fix the broken? Can you feel the Yeah, so that, that was me. Uh, yeah, you guys could clap that up. That was, that was good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that was me. Don't doubt it. I just shaved and I have a baggier shirt on so I don't look as big. But trust me, under this, the shirt's just a silencer, bro. I'm yoked under this. Trust me. <laughs> so all my gym rats who raised their hand earlier, you guys know that there's three key steps to getting stronger, um, just like in general, getting stronger at the gym, right? So step one. You actually got to go to the gym, right? You got to go to the gym and work out. You can't just go to the gym and not do anything. You actually have to go to the gym and work out, right? That's obvious. That's step one, all right? Step two, this is going to be eating good nutritional food. You could, yeah, you could dirty bulk, I guess, which is when you just fill yourself with, like, any food possible. But then you feel disgusting and your life just goes downhill, right? So you want to fill yourself with good nutritional food. Also, that way so your body can recover its best and just uh, function at its best. And lastly... You have to be consistent. If you're not being consistent in any of this, then none of it's going to pay off. You can go to the gym like once a week and then eat good like twice a week. But if you're only doing that, you're really not going to see like any gains. You're not going to get stronger. You're not going to see any growth. So some of you guys might be seeing where I'm going with this right now. So we know how to get stronger, but how come everyone doesn't do it? And I think it's because maybe we don't want to put in the time and effort or maybe we just don't have a reason that we feel like we should, like, go to the gym and get stronger, right? But I think that's kind of the same with our faith as well, where we know how to get stronger in our relationship with God, but we either don't want to put in the time and effort, or we don't see a reason why we even should. Y'all get that? Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. So, let me, let me give you guys a couple reasons if you feel like you don't have any reasons why to deepen your relationship with God, all right? First up, I want you guys to look at John 3.16. Super common verse, right? But it's common for a good reason because it's such a good verse. And I'm going to read that out to you guys. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. All right? So I think a lot of us have probably heard that before. But now why would this make us want to deepen our relationship with God? Well, first of all, 
It's talking about giving you eternal life. We want eternal life in heaven. I don't, I don't want to go to that other place that's not heaven, if you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, you, you guys can figure that out. You guys are smart. <laughs> I want to have eternal life in heaven with God, all right? So I think that's one reason that we should have that uh, relationship with God. The second reason is in that same verse as well, where God gave up his one and only son. Jesus died for us when he was perfect, when he didn't even have to. We're the sinners. He's not. He could have gone to heaven just fine and been with God. But he decided that he loved us so much that he um, risked his own life. Or not risked it. He really put his own life down for us so that we could be saved. When we're the ones who betray him day in, day out. But yet he still loved us so much that he wanted to do this for us. So if we can't do it, um, put in this uh, effort to grow a deeper relationship for our own benefit, maybe we should at least do it as like a thank you to God. Because God... Uh, give us that amazing blessing for us to have eternal life in heaven. And now let me give you, give you guys one more. This one's going to be in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, all right? This one says, but the Holy, Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. That just listed nine things right there that the Holy Spirit can provide in your life. And I'm sure if those other reasons weren't enough, which they should have been, but if it wasn't still, you could find um, in this verse one of the nine uh, fruits of the Spirit that you probably want in your life, that you wish that you had. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about. So let's say recently you've honestly been feeling depressed. You're like, well, I don't know how to get out of it. The Holy Spirit says he produces joy. Well, okay, well, I want good things to play out in my life finally, but nothing's um, happening yet. I need, like, some good stuff to finally happen in my life. Well, maybe he just needs to give you patience so then you can wait for that good stuff to happen. He has blessings waiting for you. You just have to wait for them and trust his timing, all right? And maybe, honestly, you feel addicted to something. Maybe it's drinking or smoking or just some other thing that you feel addicted to, but you feel like you can't beat it. Like, you've tried so many times to get over this addiction that you feel like you have, and you don't know how, and you've given it all you got, that's because that's your own um, self trying to get over this. Your own body isn't always going to be able to handle everything in life. That's why we need to give it to God, because only God's self-control could uh, take care of our situations sometimes, all right? So I want you guys to actually, can we throw up the um, fruits of the Spirit again on the screen? I want you guys to all take a picture of it. When you guys are ever feeling like you're missing something in your life, I want you guys to look at this picture or save it in the Bible app or whatever you do. And then pick one of those things that you feel like you're missing in your life and pray about it and go to God about it. Because God's going to be able to produce that in your life. You just need to get closer with him in that, all right? So now um, I give you guys those steps on how to get stronger in the gym, right? You guys remember you got to go to the gym. You got to eat good. You got to be consistent and all that. Let me, let me put this into like another version now. So we talked about it in the gym. Let's talk about that in our faith now. So, like, the first step for going to the gym and getting stronger, obviously, was going to the gym and working out. You go to the gym, you don't just stay there. You actually have to put in the effort to go lift weights, right? Well, I think this is the same with church, too. We need to go to church, and we can't just be there not doing anything. We actually have to go put in the work to really get something out of it. You don't go to the gym and sit there and get, like, gains out of that. No, you have to put in the effort. Here at church, you got to pay attention, maybe even take notes. If you're not doing that, if you're just going to church, sitting there, not even paying attention... How do you expect to get something out of it? You're like, oh my gosh, like, I go to church every Sunday and Wednesday, but I feel like God's just not pouring into my life yet. Like, I'm there, like, almost every service and stuff. Okay, but are you paying attention? Are you taking notes, though? You can't just go and not put in any effort. 
and then expect to see results from that, all right? Now, step two, this was eating good, eating good nutritional food. I think we need to feed ourselves spiritually good food now. And this is going to be reading the Bible, worshiping, joining a connect group, getting a Christian mentor, and just surrounding yourself with Christian friends in general, feeding yourself in your spiritual life with good things that are going to benefit you, not things that are going to tear you down, like all these other worldly things, drinking, smoking, um, putting priorities in other people's opinions and money and all that. We need to feed ourselves with what's good for us. And if we're starving ourselves, let's say it's literally physical food. If you starve yourself from physical food, your body's going to feel weak and you're not going to be able to function as good as you normally could. It's the same with our spiritual bodies where if we're not feeding ourselves spiritually, our spiritual lives are going to feel weak and it's not going to function as well as it normally would. Or we're gonna, that's when we're going to feel lost and have this void in our life. And then the third step was consistency. This one's pretty obvious. You just got to keep doing this. If you're not doing it consistently, it's not going to play out. Just like the gym. If you're only going to the gym once a week, you're not going to see results. If you're only coming to church once a week, nothing else. And if you're even hardly paying attention, you're not going to get any, anything out of it. You're not going to see any results. So maybe that's where you've been stuck at. Maybe you know the steps, but you're not doing it or you're not being consistent in them, all right? So... The reason I could tell you this isn't just because I'm like, oh, okay, well, I read the Bible, so I know this is what it says, right? No. <laughs> this is literally a life experience that I've lived out, and that's why I could tell you guys. This is why I can guarantee you that this works. It's because it happened with my own life. I, I told you guys about the chapter one where I felt stagnant and lost in my life, but now I feel fulfilled. I feel that pure joy and happiness. Even sometimes when I'm in, like, the lows of my life, a lot of people, like, when they're in the lows of their life, they just feel, like, so distraught and lost. I'll be in a lower part of my life, but I still have peace and still I have happiness because I have God. So I have nothing to truly worry about. I want to explain to you guys another thing real quick. So you guys know what a step stool is probably. It's a thing a lot of you guys probably keep in your pantry or like refrigerator. I mean, not in your refrigerator. By your refrigerator. If you kept it in your refrigerator, that would be a little weird. Um, I hope there's one person here who actually does. That would be crazy. Um, <laughs> so with a step stool, the point of it and the way it works and all that. So it has a couple steps. You like prop it down, right? And it, you st take the steps to help you reach something that you normally wouldn't be able to reach on your own without those steps. And this is the same with our faith. These steps I just named out for you of going to church and feeding yourself spiritually good and being consistent, these are the steps that you need to take to reach that deeper relationship with God that you wouldn't be able to reach without those steps. You need these steps to get to that point of um, a deep relationship with God or else without those steps, you're not going to be able to reach it on your own. So... I think you guys are trying to, are starting to get a uh, hang of what I'm trying to say, right? You guys need to put in the effort, and you guys really need to put in the time and really show why or show how much you actually do truly love God. Because you could say that you love God, but if you're not actually living it out, if you're not actually showing it, are you really living out a good, faithful, deep relationship with God? So I ran you guys through all the steps. I want to give you guys one more analogy. One of, one of the most common reasons couples won't work out, why they'll break up and not be together anymore, is because a lot of times it'll be one of the partners won't put in the time and the effort, and the other person will feel unloved or just um, feel lost, and basically the relationship is gone because they feel distant. And this can be the same with our faith as well, where God already showed, he already put in the uh, time and effort. He literally sent his son to die for us on the cross. He already showed that he loves us. He put in that effort. Now it's our turn to return the favor and show him that we love him. Because a lot of us are just like thinking, thinking like, oh, yeah, like God knows I love him. Well, then prove it. 
Why aren't you proving that you love God? You say you do, but I don't see your actions lining up with what you say. We need to start showing that we truly do love God. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up now. Basically, though, the things I want you guys to remember are those three steps. Is The first step was actually going and putting in the effort. Going to church, putting in the effort, taking notes, paying attention. Step two, fill your life with good nutritional things for your spirit. Uh, reading the Bible, worshiping, praying, um, getting in connect group. Maybe even volunteering could help you too. Because being around that community um, of other believers is so great. And it's a really like boost in um, your whole life. Now, I want to go ahead and close this out real quick. So, oh wait, and third step, of course, consistency. I, didn't, I skipped that one a little. Consistency. Be consistent with all those. And you guys are all set. Trust me, I lived it out. And it definitely worked for me. So we go ahead and pray out now. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes as I pray us out real quick. Dear God, I pray you're really able to touch these students' hearts and really help them understand what they need to um, in order to have a genuine and strong relationship with you, God. I pray that they were really able to understand the importance of putting in the time and the effort that, um, and that they will act on it. You already put in the effort to love us. Now it's our turn to return the favor. I thank you for all that you've done for us and what you will do in our lives to come. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Zay Vega? Hey, loved that, dude. Love that so much. Proud of you, man. Such a great word. And I love that word because it's not, it's not only encouraging, but it's challenging. It's not only encouraging, but it's challenging. Before we move on to our last speaker tonight and, and move forward, I, I want to um, echo one, maybe two things that Zay said. And one of the things that he said was in his, in his first chapter entitled Stagnant. Somebody say Stagnant. In his first chapter entitled Stagnant, he talked about how in many ways he was settling for the bare minimum. And honestly, I was sitting down front as, as your guys' youth pastor thinking and praying, God, please, please let some young people in this room hear this right now. Because while there's so many of us who, who know and love Jesus, there's many of us who are at the same time just settling for a bare minimum relationship with God, a bare minimum life of faith. And I don't know about you, but nobody grows up thinking, you know what I want out of life? The bare minimum. I want average, ordinary, regular, mundane. Nobody grows up like that. And yet, that's how so many of us live out our faith. And sometimes that's how we live out even coming to church. And I love what you said. And, and um, if you're like me, anybody, anybody out there, you're... You're an artist of any kind. You, you paint, you draw, you write, musicians out there. We shout out athletes all the time. Artists, this is your moment. Lift those skinny arms up because we don't go to the gym. We don't do it. <laughs> Isaiah's over here talking about all these gym analogies. The artists in there are like, uh, the guy at Chipotle who served me my burrito was named Jim. Does that count? <laughs> but like, like, if you're like me, you'll often, like, get visuals and your imagination runs wild as people begin to preach a, 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 a metaphor like Zay was. And, and what I pictured was somebody walking into the gym with, um, what's with those little, what's with the, like, tank tops that guys wear that aren't, bro, they need to quit with that. They need to quit with that. Ladies, all the ladies in the room, like, boys need to quit with that, right? Like... <laughs> 
they don't, <laughs> girls are like, you, they don't think you look cute, guys. They, they're, they're rolling their eyes. Ladies, roll your eyes as hard as you can right now so all the guys just know. <laughs> don't worry. But I pictured somebody walking in the gym all skinny with that tank top and just going in there like, you know the, you know the, 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 the Michael Jackson, is it GIF or JIF? I don't know. GIF? Is it GIF? The Michael Jackson GIF of like eating popcorn? I picture that. You don't know that? That's the best GIF. Like when people are arguing in the group chat, like I just send that. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to spectate. But that's my point is how I got this picture of people walking into the gym, skinny, frail, looking unhealthy in that skinny little tank top. And instead of getting in there and lifting some of the weights, they just spectate. And they just sit there and they just eat the popcorn. This guy on the, uh, you know, the one that you lay down on and push the bar up. What's that one? The bench press, right? Yeah, no, they're over there just pressing the bench, you know. They go over to the, uh, you know, the one that you do with your legs, this guy? Ugh, the squat rack. <laughs> you see that form? Ugh, you got to stare at the ceiling when you do it. Not because it's good form, because all the ladies in the gym think, they, think that they can wear inappropriate clothes that belong to their Barbie doll. So, <laughs> this ain't your own personal Victoria's Secret fashion show, girl. Put some clothes on. Ain't nobody want to see that. But this is, honestly, as, I, as that's what's running through my head, I start thinking, I start thinking, hear me. Please hear me. I start thinking, how many people treat church like that? How many of you in the room right here, you treat church like that? And you're settling for the bare minimum when it comes to the house and the family of God. And I started thinking, Isaiah, I really hope that when you speak, as you're talking to them, that they decide they don't want to settle for the bare minimum anymore. And, and if you're going to do that when it comes to church, here's your mentality shift. You ready? Write this down. I'm not even preaching tonight, but write this down. Stop looking at church as something where you come and you just get things out of it. Church isn't about what you can get out of it. Church is about what you can bring to it. What if there's people in the room that don't need Isaiah's message or Emma's message or my message, but they need your friendship? They need your encouragement. They need your prayers. They need your, they need your uh, uh, relationship to where when they are having a hard time, they can hit you up on Instagram. They can hit you up and text you and ask you to pray for them. What if your role here at church wasn't to just come in here and Michael Jackson, gift, spectate, eat the popcorn, and become spiritually obese because you get poured into and poured into and poured into and poured into, but you never pour out? What happens when you just eat and 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 you never do anything to expel that energy? Would that be the right word? Any teachers? No, what's the... Like an expenditure. What is the, what is the shorter version of ex- express, use, to? I'm a preacher, guys. This is what I do for a living. If you never work that out, it, it leads to unhealth. And some of you are sitting in church right now, and you've been sitting in church for two years, wondering why you're in chapter one still, stagnant, because you are spiritually unhealthy. You're sitting in the spiritual high chair going, feed me again. My shoe almost fell. Feed me again, Master Corey. Oh, this oh, this week it's Isaiah feeding me? And you're like, you got a bib on and you're yum, 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 yum. 
You're like, you want a bite of the... <laughs> this is getting out of hand. Move on, Corey. You're... <laughs> You're in the high chair with the bib at 16 years old going, feed me, feed me, feed me. And you're unhealthy spiritually because it's time for you to step up, stop being stagnant, take the steps Isaiah just talked about and begin soaring in your faith. Amen? Stop settling for the bare minimum. And that's all I'll say about that. No, it's not. Last thing. Because this is where Isaiah, Isaiah kind of hit, um, hit us hard with this one at the very end. He said, he said, this is how I wrote it down. This is the way it spoke to me. Does your life reflect your love for God? Does your life, your actions, do they reflect your love for God? If you say you're a Christian, you know what the word Christian really means? It's not some staple label for a religious following. The word Christian literally means little Christ. It's like, here's, here's Coca-Cola, all calories, full calories, all the flavor, and then we're like diet Coca-Cola. It's like Jesus, we're diet Jesus. We're like half the calories Jesus. Does your, does your life reflect something that looks like Jesus' life? Or... Do you say one thing and live something else? Because if so, you are settling for the bare minimum. If what you do is you, you hear on Wednesdays and Sundays, you, you claim to follow Jesus, but then in your private DMs, you say things to other people to tear them down. Can I just tell you, you're settling for a bare minimum and you're robbing yourself from a rich life that God has for you? The things that Isaiah began to say about the, the kind of common struggles that so many teenagers uh, fall into. If those are the things that you're just over and over. And man, you, when you talked about the control, if you live for the approval of other people, you're not even in control of your own life. You're letting those around you control your life. Oh my gosh. Like that keeps you. Oh, I could preach that for hours. Does your life reflect the love that you say you have for God. Because if not, hey, that's okay. Just take some steps to recalibrate. Somebody say recalibrate. Hey, one more time. Can we give it up for Isaiah and that great message? Um, not long ago, a few, few years ago, um, a few years ago, we, we, uh, <laughs> We had had a moment where we had to uh, sort of, hey, like, you're getting in trouble. They're hanging out with people here that are getting in trouble. And, and to this one student, and, you know, um, here we love having fun, but there's also order and there's rules. And we ask that you respect the house, all that sort of stuff. And it was a moment where um, we actually had a conversation with who's going to preach next about, like, yo, let's, like, focus in. And it's not like she did anything crazy or anything bad or anything like that. She just, you know, drop kicked somebody in the back of the head. It was no big deal. I'm just kidding. She didn't do that. <laughs> she didn't do that. But, um, but it's somebody who like, after having had a like, hey, correction moment, man, there was, there was these steps that she took and became on fire in her faith and started pursuing God in such a, um, honestly, like a contagious sort of way. You know, when, when, when somebody around you 
is just so positive and loving that, that you just end up being like, I just want to be positive and loving. And then sometimes there's people who are just like, I love God so much. And you're like, I kind of want to chase after God like how you chase after God. And she began living her faith like that. And, and her family and our family have become family. Um, we've been at each other's house for dinner and we've shared life stories. Uh, we've laughed together. We've cried together. Uh, we've struggled together. We've dealt with some messy situations together. But can I tell you that that's what the family of God is like. We have our highs, we have our lows, and we walk it all out together. And that's what this family's become to us. And that's what this girl's become. She's like a little sister to us. And we love her so much. And what she has to say, can I just prep you? Can I get you ready? Look at your neighbor. Say, get ready. Look at your other neighbor. Say, stop distracting me. Get ready. (laughs) Get ready because I want to prep you real quick. Let me prep you. Listen up. Listen up. Let me prep you. Some of the content you're about to hear is going to be a little bit heavy. But I don't know about you, but I like going to those places and having those conversations. And so get ready to be encouraged. If you're in a place of struggle, get ready to be encouraged. If you are not in a place of struggle, don't worry. You'll be in that place at some point in time in your life. Be encouraged. But get ready to write some stuff down because whether it's for the season you're in or the season that you're going to be in, I promise you this, it will encourage you and it will be like light in a dark place for you at some point in time in your life. Would you stand to your feet, put your hands together for my little sister, Emma Elmore. What's up? How are you guys doing? <laughs> Love you too, Liv. <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight? Good. Look at your neighbor, say, how you doing? How you doing? Uh, my name is Emma, like Corey said, if you guys don't know me. Um, a little bit about me. I'm a leader here at our, um, on our youth team. Yeah. Um, I'm an art nerd. Love everything yeah. about it. <laughs> um, and I'm a senior in high school, which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> I want to kind of just get right into the message tonight because I have a lot to say in a little bit of time. Um, <laughs> before that, though, Dad, I'm going to embarrass you for a second. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, um, my dad and his buddies were on a backpacking trip through the Sierra Nevadas. And if you guys don't know where that is, it's kind of right behind Yosemite. Um, and they had been gone for four days. This was their fifth day. And they were on their exiting trail And my dad lost his footing and ended up tumbling down the side of this mountain. Um, And his words were, I don't know if you guys know this, but on National Geographic, there used to be like these shows where they would teach you um, how to survive in different scenarios. And he said if he hadn't watched that, he wouldn't have known to catch himself and he would have ended up in the valley at the bottom of this mountain. Um, Bringing us to point one, if you guys are taking notes, chapter one is called The Valley. Um, Before I hop into anything, I want to read scripture to you guys really quick. Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, I want you guys to keep that in mind as we're walking through chapter one. Like Corey said, um, I'm going to give you guys a little warning real quick. Uh, The room might get a little quiet just because we're talking about some serious and heavy stuff, but I'm going to get right into it. So about a year and a half ago, um, I lost my grandma. 
and she was very, very close to me. And so losing her really took a toll on me and my mental health. Um, and about a month or two after losing her, um, I had gone to a point in my life where I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And I, I was planning on taking my own life. And um, the night I had planned on doing it, I was in my room with the letters that I had written, and um, I began to pray. And while that doesn't sound like weird to you guys, at this point in my life, um, I didn't really have a close relationship with God, and so it was unusual for me to pray um, unless it was convenient for me. But that night I prayed, um, and I just kind of was sitting there, and I was like, God, you know, I've reached my end point. I don't know what to do here. Um, I'm done with feeling like this. And all of a sudden, I heard a voice clear as day say to me, it's okay. I'm with you. I have a purpose for your life. Um, and to me, that was God speaking to me, um, just telling me, you know, my plan's better than yours, so you might as well follow mine. Um, before I move on, I want to tell you guys, and I can't stress this enough, don't put a period where God has put a comma. Um, after this moment, um, God had kind of allowed me to realize how beautiful life was, and I just had a new appreciation for living. And, um, you know, he began to show me um, his purpose for my life. And, you know, maybe you guys are not walking through something as, as harsh as the valley of death, um, but we can all relate to walking through valley seasons in our lives. And, you know, maybe you're walking through the valley of anxiety, the valley of depression, the valley of abandonment. Whatever that may look like for you, there's going to be steps in getting yourself out of that valley. Um, like Psalms 23 says, even though I walk through the valley, keywords walk through, you're not called to camp in your valley or to live in your valley. You're meant to walk through it. And all while knowing that you're not alone, God is with you. So if you guys are going through one of these valley seasons, hear me tonight when I say you will make it through. Um, how do you know this, Emma? Well, I was in your shoes, and I made it out. But more importantly, God just promised this to you in Psalms 23, that you will walk through. Um, this brings us to chapter 2. Um, if you guys are taking notes, chapter 2 is called Take a Hike. The process of getting yourself out of your valleys is not always the easiest thing to do. Um, but the God of the mountains is the God of the valleys, and there is a way out. The easiest way for me to, like, process getting out of my valley was um, to take it in steps. And Zay just gave you guys steps on how to get buff, so I'm going to give you guys some steps as well. Um, and, you know, maybe because you're in a different valley than I am, some of these steps won't be the same for you. Um, and maybe for some of you, they will be, and very similar, and you can just copy and paste them into your life. But either way, you're going to have to take steps to get out of this. Um, my step one was get up, which a lot of you guys, if you're in this position, are going to have to do. You're going to have to choose to get up. I had to, cho I had to choose to pick myself up and move forward, not only in my healing, but also realizing, you know, God did have a purpose for my life, and he had a plan. Um, let me just take a moment right here and tell each and every one of you, you know, no matter who you are or where your life is at, God brought you into this world for a reason. And you were made so preciously through God's eyes. Um, 
And I know how hard it is to want to leave that valley because the biggest lie that the enemy wants you to believe is that being a victim is a lot better than becoming a victor. Um, and ladies, where are all my ladies out in the room? Say, hey. Um, stop playing the damsel in distress and waiting for your prince to come and rescue you and carry you out of your valley. Your king came 2,000 years ago to rescue you. And, you know, he may not look like some Disney prince, um, but he's considered the prince of peace. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a whole lot better than trying to make my life into some romance movie. Um, it seems like a lot of people end up falling in love with their valley, and they might even find their identity in their valley. Let me just tell you right now, your valley does not define you. God does. And, you know, we're all broken, so we're bound to walk through these low moments in our lives. But it's up to you how deep you allow yourself to get into those low moments. I want to read you guys a, some scripture real quick. Psalms 18, 32 through 33. It says, God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountaintops. The best view comes after the hardest climb. So take the hike, allow yourself to take the steps to get onto that mountaintop. Um, this brings us to step two. And for me and a lot of you guys, it, you guys are probably going to have to go through this as well, is understanding the power in prayer and community. Like I said before, you know, prior to this, my relationship with God was not the greatest. And so praying for me only happened when it was convenient. And so as I was growing my relationship with God and walking through this, it was really important for me to understand the power in prayer. Um, but not only prayer, also in understanding the importance in community and surrounding myself with godly people. Because, you know, walking through this whole Christian life by yourself is not the easiest thing to do. So having people who are going through the same thing um, and have the same beliefs as you is super, super important. Um, when I started coming back to church consistently again, I had introduced myself to Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber and told them just a little bit about my story. Um, and they had invited me to come get a cup of coffee with them. And at the moment, I just thought this was going to be a simple cup of coffee. You know, I didn't realize that it was going to be some huge turning point in my journey. Um, and for you guys, maybe that's a simple conversation or maybe it is a cup of coffee that will be life changing for you like it was for me. Um, the last step as the band starts to head up, step three, stepping through doors that God has opened. This is extremely important. I cannot stress this enough. As you grow your relationship with God, he will begin to work in your life and open doors for you that you don't even know that they were there. And so, you know, after I had gotten my cup of coffee with Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber, um, he really began to work in my life. Um, I had joined our youth team after that. Um, I started, you know, volunteering and serving in a bunch of different areas at church. Um, and then doors started to open for me. And I was given the opportunities to come and pray on stage for students. Um, and then this last um, summer weekend, a few months ago, I was called to youth ministry and to become a youth pastor. And... Um, <laughs> 
you know, it's really weird how God does those types of things because, um, like I said, it's not always going to be easy to walk through those doors, and sometimes it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to push you past your comfort zone, and for me, I am not a fan of talking in front of people, and so it makes me very nervous. Um, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I like to talk, but <laughs> I just don't like being the center of attention, so it was really odd that, you know, God had called me to do this, um, which is again, one of the more important things to realize is that no matter, you know, how uncomfortable it may make you, God's purpose for your life and his plan for your life is way better than what you have planned for you. Um, as I'm closing, two things before we pray. One, I want to ask you guys, what are your next steps in getting yourself out of your valley? And two, I want to stress this one more time, don't put a period where God has put a comma. Um, like I said, God has a purpose for your life. And if you are walking through one of those valley seasons right now, um, I want to encourage you, go talk to someone, whether that be a friend, a family member, um, one of our leaders here, or Pastor Corey or Pastor Amber, whoever that may look like for you, allow them to sit there and pray with you and keep you accountable for walking through this with God. In a few minutes here, you guys are going to have the opportunity to come up and get prayer for, for your struggles. And and take the first step in allowing God to walk you through this. But before that, let's pray. God, I pray for anyone in this room who is walking through a difficult time. Allow them to just see how wonderful they were made. God, I ask that you would fill them with courage to be able to walk up here in a few moments and receive prayer for their struggles, God. While it might seem like something small to them, they're actually taking their first steps out of their valley, God. Allow them to see that their plan for their life is so lame compared to what you have planned for them. Allow them to hand over the pen of their life to you, God. And we love you and we back you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Can we say thank you to Emma for that awesome message? Proud of you, girl. Very, very proud of you. Um, in just a couple moments, I'm going to unpack a few things here. But uh, I just can't help but to think as Emma was just talking and sharing some of her some of her chapters and her stories and how at one point she found herself in a valley moment where, um, where she got to the point where she was saying she was, she's like just about done with life. We're talking like letters written, low moments. And I began to think that there might be some people in the room right here who are kind of feeling the same way. Maybe you're watching online and you're feeling that same way. Can I tell you, Emma responded appropriately. She said she prayed. And that was her first step. That was her first moment. That's what it looked like for her to get up. Was she immediately just pulled right out of that low valley season? Maybe not. It took some more steps. It took consistency. It took strength. It took courage. But her step one was saying, God, I need you. I feel like so many of us have been at that place, in that valley moment, so low, feeling like I have nowhere else to go. I have nowhere else to turn. I'm at my wit's end. Can I tell you, God loves to meet us at our rock bottom. See, you thought you had to fix your problems. 
and clean yourself up and get everything figured out before you could come and meet with God. Take it from Emma. God loves to meet us when we're in that valley. I love what Psalm 23 says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because in that low, dark place, my God is with me. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? In a moment of reverence, please, nobody distracting anybody. Nobody's talking. Don't move around in this moment. This is the most important thing we'll do tonight. If you're in this place and, and you resonate with what Emma was just talking about, you feel too like you are at rock bottom. Maybe you've tried everything else. Maybe like Isaiah was talking about, maybe you've turned to, to partying, to drinking, to drugs, to relationships, and you found that those all left you feeling lower and more empty than ever before. And you say, you know what? I want to give this Jesus a chance. Can I tell you, there's no better decision you could make at rock bottom than to give Jesus a chance. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, and you would say, you know what, Pastor Corey, I, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I, wanna, I want to hand the pen of my life to God and let him write the next chapters. If that is you, I want you to respond in just a moment in a unique way. I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and you can put it right back down. This isn't you saying yes to me. It isn't you saying yes to become a member of some church. This is you saying, God, I want you in my life. Jesus, I need your strength. I'm taking the pen of my life. I'm putting it in your hands. Would you write the next chapter? If that's you, this is your moment. This is your chance. I had my moment. Isaiah had his. Emma had hers. This is yours. When I get to three, every head bowed, every eye closed. You lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Here we go. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Man, so many hands. You can put it right back down. Man, I'm so, I'm so proud of you. If you just rose your hand, I, I'm so proud of you. It's the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. Pastor Corey, how, how do I start this? How do I start this journey in this relationship with God? The same way Emma did with a simple prayer. And you might be sitting there thinking, I've, but I've never prayed, Corey. That's okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you these words. I'm going to have you repeat them right after me. And because we're a family here at Bridge Youth, we pray together. So everybody's going to repeat this out loud right after me so nobody's praying alone. But if you just rose your hand, wrap your heart around these words. Here we go. Say these words right after me. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight... I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you my struggles, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna walk with you right out of this valley. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, stay engaged in this moment. We're going to move on to something very, very important in just a second.
If you just prayed that prayer, can I tell you it's not the end of the journey, it's just the beginning, and we want to walk these next steps out with you with a free gift that we call the next seven days. There's seven videos. It'll literally be me on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, and, and just walking you through what the next seven days of of your faith journey is going to look like. Emma gave us some great steps of how to get out of our valley. Zay gave us some great steps of how to walk out our faith and become serious about it. These videos will give you some great steps of what living a life of faith looks like. So please, we feel like it's our obligation to help you in walking out the next week of your faith journey. How do I get it, Pastor Corey? Easy. Just go to our Instagram, at bridge, Y-T-H underscore, DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, come find myself, come find Amber, you can find Emma, you can find Zay, any one of our leaders. Tell them, I don't have Instagram, I want to get the next seven days, we'll find another avenue to get it to you. One more time, can we welcome people into God's family? All right, before you move, um, I have to do this kind of randomly and arbitrarily, but uh, um, Emma, Zay, Amber, could you guys come right over here by this screen over here? Um, Wyatt, Lauren, are you right there? Um, okay, I need one other, need one other adult male leader. Who's, where's another adult male leader in the room? I can't, I literally can't see past the front row, y'all. Cameron, there you are, Cameron. Um, would you guys do me a favor? Uh, Lauren, Wyatt, Cameron, would you guys come right over here in front of this screen? Right over here. Now, nobody distracting anybody. I'll tell you why, why they're here in just a second. Nobody distracting anybody. It's going to be a really special and intimate moment. Would you guys stand to your feet? Would you head to the front for a moment of worship? Stay in this kind of reverent attitude right now. focused in, nobody distracting anybody. Emma just talked about these valley seasons that so many of us find ourselves in. And uh, we probably talked about this moment in service more than any other moment. Depending to the all the adult leaders in the room, I see Maria, Brittany, Liv, you're over there. Bro, we got we got to get more guy leaders. <laughs> men. <laughs> Come to Bridge Men this Friday so we can help as men to step up. In just a moment, I'm gonna give you guys the opportunity, if you're in a moment like this, to go and to, to receive prayer. Um, I'm gonna pray a collective prayer over us, but after that, while we move into a moment of worship, if you want specific prayer, if you want, if you want somebody to pray specifically over you, and you can share some of the details, or you can give them no details at all and say, would you just pray over me? And these, these two groups will love to pray over you. Um, other adult leaders, just be ready to jump in and, and help and pray. Um, Emma talked about how she had literally written letters out. To those of you who've began writing letters out to say your goodbyes. Please, nobody, this is a very, very serious moment. Nobody distracting anybody. Those of you who began to, who've, who've begun scripting out these letters in your own mind, choose life. Because the same thing that God spoke to Emma He's speaking to somebody right here tonight.
he said, it's okay. I'm with you. Your life has a purpose. Hear me. Hear me, young person. It is okay. God is with you. And your life has a purpose. Don't believe the lie that your life doesn't have a purpose. Don't believe the lie that anybody around you's life would be better without you in it. You are loved. You are valued. God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. All you need to do is choose to get up and begin to walk through that valley. The psalmist said, I love the way Emma articulated this, even though I walk through the valley, we don't, we don't camp in the valley, we don't, we don't set up our lives in the valley, we don't live in the valley, we don't fall in love with the valley. Man, I, I wish we had 30 minutes to dig into that thought of falling in love with our valley. Because so many of us, we end up falling in love with depression and the sympathy we could get from people and being a victim. You have a whole world around you that's trying to tell you you're a victim. Well, you're a victim because you went through this. You're nothing but a victim because your dad wasn't around. That's my story. You're a victim because because you come from this socioeconomic background. You're a victim because your family only makes this much money. Or you're a victim because you're this race or nationality. Can I tell you, you are not a victim if you have Christ in your life. We're more than conquerors. You can be a victim or you can be a victor, but you can't be both at the same time. So here's my prayer for those of you who are in the valley. You're at that rock bottom right now. My prayer is that something would rise up in you tonight, right now. Not the strength, not the strength that comes from ourselves, but the strength that God, it's like, a, it's like this small seed that God plants in your heart and boom, it begins to grow and it gives you strength. It gives you this like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in the valley. Yeah, I'm struggling. Can I tell you, we have one thing in common in this room. We're all broken. Yeah, I'm broken, but I'm not gonna be forever. Yeah, I'm in a valley, but I'm walking through this valley. Yeah, right now I'm, I'm, I'm down, but I'm gonna get up. So in just a moment, I'm gonna pray a collective prayer. We're gonna move into worship. And if you're someone who wants specific prayer over this, specific prayer, we get, uh, Brittany, can you come on this side? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on that side and give a, another guy on this side. We'll have two girls and two guys here on either side. If you want prayer specifically from somebody, we'll be ready to pray for you. But I want to pray over the room right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? God's speaking right now. Don't tone out. Don't tune out. Don't disengage. God, I pray for every young person who's in a valley season right now. God, for some of them, they're there because like Isaiah talked about, they've been stagnant, they're stuck. They're holding on to their brokenness. They're holding on to a mistake just because they've been making it for a long time. I pray, God, maybe, maybe there are people in this room who are in the valley of the shadow of death. 
why would you give them hope and give them life? Maybe there's people here who are in the valley of the shadow of anxiety. God, would you give them your peace and your healing? God, maybe there's some in the room, they're in the, they're in the valley of depression. I pray that you would give them joy. God, I pray right now in this moment, it would be like the clouds are breaking, the sun rays are peeking through into their life. They're looking down the tunnel and they see light and they feel hope right now, maybe for the first time in a long time. For those who are in the, the valley of the shadow of mental health, God, I pray that you would just convince them deep down, not in their minds, right in their heart, that you're with them. You're not far, you're so close. God, whatever valleys we might be in, God, I pray this is our moment where we say, God, I give you my valley. For some of us, what it looks like to get up will be to worship in a moment, to lift our hands, to sing from a depth in our heart that we've never sang from before. For some of us to get up, it's going to look like going and getting prayer. God, your word says the prayers of a righteous person, they avail much. They accomplish so much. Our prayers really do matter. God, I pray that they would have the courage to go get prayer. That's them. I pray tonight that you would bring life and encouragement right in the chapter that we're in right now. Close your eyes. Lift your hands. You're in the presence of God right now. Begin to worship Him right there. Your own words. Declare this. Just tell Him how good He is. God, you're good. And you're faithful. And you never leave me. You never forsake me. You don't abandon me. You haven't walked away even when others have. God, no matter how dark my season of life might look, God, you are the light to my path. You are the light in my life. You are the light of the world, Jesus. You're so good. And even in this valley, you're with me. We worship you, we honor you, we praise you. Right now, if you want prayer, start making your way right now. You can make your way over to go get prayer. The rest of us, let's worship. How high would I climb mountains if the mountains were where you
that valley hill called Calvary before the one I call good shepherd who like a lamb was slain for me come on we sing that I got from both Emma and Isaiah's chapter 
tonight was something that Emma talked about within Psalms 23 and how it talks about going through the shadow, uh, the shadowy valley or the darkest valley or however, however it's uh, translated in your Bible. But it talks about walking through that valley and how we don't have to be afraid and how we don't have to be worried and how we don't have to uh, be fearful of the things inside of the valley because ultimately it's our good shepherd, it's Jesus who's walking us through that valley as we go throughout our lives. And maybe you find yourself in a valley like that. Maybe you find yourself in a valley like what Isaiah was talking about, seeking validation from other people, seeking fulfillment and completion from things that ultimately are not gonna give you that fulfillment or that completion. And the beauty is, is that the only way that we can be complete is through a relationship with Jesus. And it talks about that within Colossians, how, how Jesus is the full embodiment of, uh, of God in a human body and how when we follow after him, our life will be made complete. And it talks about how in, uh, in Psalms 23, how the good shepherd, how God, how Jesus is our good shepherd. And it talks about at, at the very beginning of how he walks us through uh, peaceful streams. And it's amazing because even when he walks us through the valley, God is still good. Even when he walks us through those dark moments, he's still our good shepherd. Even though we may walk through a difficult season within our life, God still has a plan and a purpose for you. And the amazing thing is, is that for a lot of us, we find ourselves in this trapped valley where it feels like I have to get out of it in order for God to use me. Or I have to get out of it in order for God to speak into my life or give me opportunities to reach people inside of my life. But the reality is, is that maybe God wants to use you through your valley. Maybe God wants to speak to you through your valley. Maybe God wants to do some things inside of your life through the moments that you're going through. What if, what if instead of us looking at our valley as, oh man, I'm just going through this difficult season in my life, what about we find the purpose in the valley? We find what it is that God wants to do inside of our life as we're walking through those dark seasons because we're not going through them on accident or by chance. And I love what Emma said, how we're, not, how we're not meant to camp in our valley, we're meant to walk through it. And maybe tonight is the night that you take a step towards the exit of your valley. Maybe tonight's the night that you can look back on and say, man, I was stuck in my valley, but tonight is the night that I took a step out of it. Can we make some noise for Emma and for Isaiah as they share their story? And just like what Pastor Corey said, we do have a resource guide available for everybody who accepted Jesus into their life tonight. Because maybe you're in that season where you're like, you know what, I don't know what else to do. I don't know how to go closer to God. It's perfect because we have this thing called the next seven days. Just like what Pastor Corey said, follow us on Instagram first, shameless plug, bridge, YTH underscore, and then DM us next seven days and we will give you that resource available. We also too, have something exciting coming up as connect groups are just starting up uh, within our church. Lauren over here, who has her hands up, is leading a, uh, a Bridge Women Connect group for youth. So if you're interested in joining that group, go and find Lauren after service, either over here or at the counter. Monday nights. Monday night. So fellas, as you are watching Monday Night Football, all my ladies can go over to Bridge Women Connect Group. Perfect. Also too, Wednesday's not the only nights that we do church. We also have Sunday mornings as well. If you've never been to a Sunday morning, it's amazing. It's awesome. Come to our 930 service first and then come to our 1130 service as we have connect groups going on 
uh, during that service. So at 6.30 on Friday, boys from our bridge, men, goers, doers, I don't know. But hey, anything else, Corey? No? We're, okay, wow. Hey, so thank you so much for coming out tonight. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your night. Go to Cane's, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, wherever God is calling you to go.